On today's podcast episode, I have Brittany Renee, who is a family and newborn photographer, the host of Capture the Chaos podcast, and a coach for photographers. We are going to be chatting about Brittany's tips to running your portrait photography business in 15 hours a week. You're listening to The Creative Business Plan. I'm your host, Charlie Van Amberg, wedding photographer and business educator. On the podcast, we're all about finding balance between creating the business of your dreams and living a life that you love. Welcome, Brittany. I am so excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. <laughs> Tell us about yourself and about your business. Hi, my name is Brittany Renee. I am a family and newborn photographer in the Dallas, Texas area. I've been doing photography for, uh, I think, 12 years now. I've kind of lost count at this time. I think once you get over 10 years, you just kind of forget how long you've been doing it. <laughs> um, I ha- I am a coach for photographers. Um, I also just started an Etsy t-shirt business, which has a lot of shirts for photographers. And I am in process of creating a planner, which I think we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So. Our main topic today and kind of what you're here to talk about is how portrait photographers can create a 15-hour work week. What inspired you to create this? My kids. Um, I never actually intended to have a photography business. I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but as soon as I started being a stay-at-home mom, my photography hobby quickly turned into a business and it just exploded. Uh, at one point, I was completely overwhelmingly busy, and I had no time for anything else. Um, I realized that that was not the life I wanted for myself or for my kids. I didn't want them to be like, oh, mom's too busy to do anything. So I started learning to work smarter, not harder, and doing things that gave me a better return for my time. Um, I started to realize that a lot of other photographers struggled with the same problem. And I wanted to help them achieve the same time freedom that I found. And I love that you know what your why is. I encourage people listening, especially this is probably coming out during a really busy season for a lot of people, is don't forget your why. Why did you start your business in the first place? Because for so many people, it's for your family or to spend more time with your family or to have the flexibility or whatever your why is. And then we get so wrapped up in not being able to say no and taking on so much that we let our life pass us by. We don't have time to do things and we need to take a step back and remember, why did I start this business in the first place? Yeah. I mean, there was so many times. Fall fall is the busy time for family photographers. Um, and that's that's the time whenever we have so many fun things to do. We get to go to pumpkin patches. We have the Texas State Fair. Like it's just it Halloween, trick-or-treating, all this stuff. And I didn't like missing out on those things and be like, oh, sorry, I don't get to go. I don't get to go to your soccer games. I don't get to do this with you. I don't get to do that because it's my busy season. And so I had to change that. It just couldn't be, it couldn't be that way anymore. I remember everything came to like a head, like my whole entire life just came crashing down around me. Not really my life. My life was fine. (laughs) That's a little dramatic, but (laughs) I was trying to get onto like a really quick call. And I just asked kids to like, just go outside for 15 minutes and play. Okay. At this time, I only was running like one and a half businesses. It was my photography business and I was kind of getting into coaching. I wasn't very, like very involved in coaching yet, but I I knew I wanted to get there. Uh And 
they would not stay outside and play. And I'm getting angry at them for, for not letting me work. And I'm like, how can, how am I supposed to do all the things that I need to do in my business when I have three kids that I'm trying to juggle. And then I have this business that feels so overwhelming. And I realized I didn't want to be angry at my kids for needing me when my business really was, shouldn't be my priority. My, my kids should be my priority. So that really, really kind of, that was a year and a half ago. And it was, I've been doing this, like I said, for 12 years. And so 10 years, over 10 years into my business is when I realized this. And I wish I would have realized it sooner. Like, I know you're about to have a baby. I'm Mm -hmm. so happy that you've kind of gotten that balance figured out already because I definitely didn't have that when I was having kids. And if I could go back, I would do it completely differently. And your photography business will still be there. If you don't take on as many things, it's still going to be there. It's still going to make you money. But your kids and your family and your life, they're going to pass you by if you don't take a moment and stop and actually live your life. So, so true. So the one thing I want to talk about is who is this 15-hour work week for? Um, I would assume as a wedding photographer, it's not necessarily for me because I spend about that much time at a wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So who is this for? When I say 15 hours, it's based on a portrait photographer schedule. Um, let me hold on. I have right here the amount of hours I'm kind of guessing for people to work. What was it? So I'm assuming that you're taking two to four, two to three client sessions per week. And if you're doing more than that, honestly, you need to think about raising your prices because mm-hmm. doing any more than three sessions a week is probably going to be really overwhelming for you if you haven't already figured that out. So I'm assuming you're spending two to five hours a week doing client sessions, maybe 20 to 40 minutes per week culling images, and then two to three hours a week editing. Um, and if you know, maybe your editing is a little bit longer and slower if you're newer and that's totally fine. You'll get better and you'll get faster at it the more you practice, but I'm just kind of making assumptions here on that. So that's anywhere from five hours and 20 minutes to like eight hours and 40 minutes. If it's like a super busy week. And do you do your sessions all in one night or do you, does every session have their own night or how does that look like for you? So for me, um, I, I've got, I, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so editing is just like super, it's, I'm like very easy. It's not something I really have to think about and look at. I have, I have the preset that I, I have created and it's just very, I don't want to say monotonous. That's not the right word. I can't even think of the right word that I'm thinking here, but it's just like second nature to me. So I can do it while I'm watching TV with my husband. Um, and I usually almost always just edit it at night once the kids are in bed. Cause I just sit down in my bed, we watch TV and I get my editing done because that's just what works for me. Um, so I don't necessarily do it all in one night, but I just do it kind of whenever I have time. And I have a really long for portrait photographers. I have a pretty long turnaround time. Mine's three weeks, mm-hmm. even though it only takes me a couple hours to get it done. You know, I have other things to do, so I don't want to have to rush to get my, my galleries done. So I have a pretty extended turnaround time and I don't have any problems with that. No one really complains about it. They're very nice and appreciative. <laughs> and when it comes to like the sessions themselves, are you photographing one session a night? or are you trying to photograph like those two or three sessions in one day? So usually if it's an hour long session, then they're on different nights, but I don't do more than usually two 
is my max during the busy season. I might go up to three, um, but then I also will do mini sessions and those are 15 minute sessions and that will be one night. So I'll usually do two to three hours for that. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll do one other session a week, but you know, I've, I look ahead and I plan out my schedule and I know, okay, I'm doing a mini session here. I can only take one more session this week unless if I don't want to overwhelm myself. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I lay it out that way. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to kind of step back. We need to evaluate what we're doing now. Can you elaborate a little bit more on this reflection process, what this looks like, and how we can adjust our routine to make us feel a little less overwhelmed? This could be its own podcast in and of itself, (laughs) but in order to condense your work down to about 15 hours a week, you have to know where you can put those hours. And as entrepreneurs, our personal and our home lives, they bleed into each other like super easily, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be in control of how you're spending your time. I always encourage people to do a time audit first, and it sounds really tedious and it's not quite as scary as it may seem. At what you'll do is every day for about a week, you're going to document every single thing that you do. How long are you doing it and when are you doing it? So like, let's say you're sitting on the couch for an hour scrolling social media. You would document that. Um, cooking lunch for your kids, cooking dinner, grocery shopping, um, cleaning the house, doing laundry, like everything that you do in your life, personal and business-wise, you're going to document it when it's done and how long you're doing it. And then after about a week of that time on it, I, I did mine for four days just, you know, because of my weekends. I don't really care. I just my weekends are very free flowing. And I, you know, it is it's all about the kids. It's whatever I have time for. I just do. So I did mine for like four ish days. Um, and then after you're done, you'll break all of your tasks into delete, outsource, batch, automate. Um, and that, again, is not just for work tasks. You're going to do that for your personal life, too. What you're going to do is you're going to delete the things that you don't need to be doing anymore or that you don't even want to do anymore. If you're doing something, you're like, I really hate doing this. Stop doing it unless it really has to be done. Um, For example, last year I was on the PTA. uh, Oh, my gosh, the board, which is not just PTA. Okay, PTA board is like a full time job. And I had gotten kind of like sucked into it because they asked and I'm a yes man. Um, but then after about a year, I was like, I'm absolutely not doing this anymore. Like I do not have time for it. And so I stopped, I deleted that out of my life because it wasn't really benefiting my kids and it wasn't benefiting me. And it just, I wasn't enjoying it. (laughs) So then you'll outsource, um, you can outsource personal thing, personal things in your life, like ordering your groceries, having them delivered, get a Roomba to vacuum for you. Uh, which I think is kind of funny, but it is outsourcing. You're outsourcing that, that vacuuming to your little robot vacuum. And then you're going to batch things that are happening in your life. It could be cleaning your cleaning and doing your chores, meal prepping, automate. And then you're going to automate what you can, your bills, meal delivery. If you want to anything that you can take off your plate and have it automatically happen, you're going to automate. I love that. So I feel like people are really scared to outsource things. Um, Was this a struggle that you had? Were you scared to outsource things in your business? I held on to editing for a really long time. (laughs) Like I did not want to. That's like the one thing that people are like, nobody can edit like me. Well, I'll tell you, I, I 
found a girl who can edit like me um, because w- this I can't believe it took me this long to, to start doing this. And I only do it during busy season because, like I said, ed- editing is like super easy thing for me. It's mindless task. I just do it while I watch TV. But during the busy season, I just don't have time for the workload that I have. And so I, f- I found her and she has me do these um, anchor images and she does a freaking phenomenal job. And she is so fast. Like I can barely even keep up with how fast she is. She gets my galleries back to me in like a day. And I'm like, they just sit there sometimes because I'm like, I don't even have time to go look at them. <laughs> but it's it's really good. And she's also it's better. I I know they have a lot of like AI editing and stuff like that now, too, which kind of is like, man, I don't know. I'd rather just work with the person because that's mm-hmm. the way I am. But outsource that and then i also have started outsourcing my blogging um because i just found that i wasn't doing it and even though it's it was not a hard task it didn't take me a long time i just wasn't doing it so but it's also an important task that needs to be done so i outsourced it um and my va did does a fabulous job um on my blog so it it i've slowly out started outsourcing things in my life just because i really it just it's so important so were like those the, the two things that you outsource then blogging and editing? Um, I also <laughs> I also outsource my pins and my Pinterest and I'm outsourcing my um oh my gosh, what oh and then, then I'm hiring another VA to help just do some other like T te- not I wouldn't say tedious, but like smaller tasks in the day because mind you, I I run four businesses, so not everything that I'm outsourcing is necessarily for my photography business. Some of it's for my other businesses as well, but I can't run four businesses all by myself. That's impossible. Um, if you if you think of any job that you've ever had, the person that owns that, they are not there doing every single task. They hire right. people to do it for them. So we need to stop being scared of outsourcing because every other business in the world outsources. Every other business has employees, has people who help them, has systems in place. No owner of a restaurant is trying to cook the food and be the server and handle every table and do all the customer service. Like Nobody is doing that. And we try to do that in our businesses. And I feel like we just need to kind of have a little mindset shift there that it's okay to outsource things. Yeah. And you're going to have to work that into your price, right? Because what you're, yes, you're going to be paying for this service, but you also are going to be getting time back in your life. And that's so like, what is that worth? That's, I mean, I'll pay all the money to have someone else edit my photos during busy season, right? So I don't have to like be glued to my computer. I've seen photographers taking their computer to the hair salon while they're getting their hair done, editing until the middle of the night, not sleeping. And that I love sleep. Like I take a nap every single day. Okay. Like I'm not going to cut out my nap time to edit. (laughs) I will not sacrifice that. So I'm pregnant. So I take a lot of naps as well. So I can, I'm right there with you. I, I blame it. Um, I started really started napping daily when I was pregnant and nine years later, I'm still doing it. So that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and one thing when it comes to editing that I feel like needs to people need a reminder of is it doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to look at your gallery and then you know, you're going to go through and you're going to shift the highlights slightly. Your yeah. client is never going to realize that they're never going to notice the difference between the two photos done is better than perfect. It will never be perfect. And I feel like a lot of newer photographers in their first several years really struggle with that. It has to be perfect. And you are wasting so much of your own time with this. It has to be perfect mentality when done is so much better. 
and we can be so pretentious with our editing like do i want this edit or this edit and you're like i don't someone else is like i don't even see a difference you're like we're just we're just so yeah it's just sometimes our art I, I see people in Facebook groups are like, which edit, which edit? And I'm like, honestly, your client's never going to know the difference between the two of those. And so we need to get over that kind of it has to be perfect mindset. One thing that really helps me is obviously you don't do this as a portrait photographer, but as a wedding photographer, like I do things in sections. So like mm-hmm. I'll do like the couple's portraits. I edit them. I download them. I don't look at them again. Then I do like another section of the wedding and then I download them and then I go to the next one and I don't look at them again instead of trying to edit the entire thing at one time. Oh, yeah. Because also the lighting and everything is going to be so different. So you're not going to be able to match them perfectly, right? Like it's not going to – it's just – it's just impossible. But I will say though in early in your editing career, (laughs) I guess, um, I would suggest taking a break, coming back and looking at it again because you're you're – your eye for skin tones and things like that just mm-hmm. aren't quite as developed. So you might need a little break um, to come yeah. back. But now I know, I just know, you know, I've just gotten to the point where it's like, I know I can tell you what number this photo uh, needs to be edited out for my white balance, just, just by looking at it initially. So that's, you know, I've trained my eyes to get there, but, and, and the one kind of like a lot of back and forth. One off topic thing that kind of like re- relates to that. If you wear glasses, Double check to make sure that your glasses don't change the colors that you're seeing. Because I realized that my glasses, I was like editing wearing my glasses. And then the next Mm -hmm. morning I put on my contacts and be like, why does that look so warm? Like, and I noticed that my glasses were changing the color that I saw. So if you do are someone that wears glasses, check and make sure if you're editing glasses, does it look different without them? Because your glasses might be altering the way that you see that. But then also editing in a dark room versus a bright, sunny day, like it changes as well. So you need to stay consistent if you're editing at night, always edit at night. <laughs> yeah, I like to always, you know, download the gallery and look at it on my phone or my iPad, like on a different device, like sitting in a different room or something just to like make sure everything looks okay before I send it off. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, that didn't look right, but I already sent it to them. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that I can't edit with blue light glasses on because I get headaches staring at a screen mm-hmm. so long, which is also another great reason to outsource my editing during busy season because I get headaches whenever I'm doing 15,000 sessions um, and I can't wear the blue light glasses to keep me from getting the headache. So, you know, outsourcing is another benefit there. I get less headaches. <laughs> so what is a normal day for you look like? Do you have like a specific set time <laughs> that you work or is it different every single day? Um. Going off of that time audit, after that, I usually encourage people to create a, uh, oh my gosh, I cannot think of the name, a time block schedule. Mm-hmm. And so, no, every day doesn't look the same. Mondays and Fridays, my daughter's not at school. And so I just know that generally that's whatever, like anything goes. It's wild, wild west on Monday and Fridays, whatever I feel like doing. Like one day I had this big idea that I was going to run a bunch of errands and do stuff. But then she asked me to play Barbies with her. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm playing. Of she course. never asked me. She never asked me to play Barbies before. So I was like, yes, we're going to play Barbies. I love um, that. And my to-do list got pushed off for a couple of days and that's fine. Um, But my work days are Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because that's when all of my kids are in school and um, that's when I know I'm just going to have time to sit down and do the work. But what I do each day, it differs um, from day to day. So I could never tell you exactly what my day looks like. 
I feel like it's different for everyone too. Yeah. And you also need to understand for yourself, when are you most productive? Like mm-hmm. for me, my although I do spend a little more time than this because I'm at weddings, when I'm at home, you know, I get up and I have my coffee. And then in the mornings from like the time I have my coffee until lunchtime, that's like my go time. That's my work time. I try to get as much done as I can because I know that I'm the most productive. Mm-hmm in the mornings, even before I was pregnant. But now I'm like, oh gosh, I need a nap in the afternoon. And I start getting, as the day goes on, I get less and less and less productive. And so I know that really like breakfast to lunchtime, that's my go time. I try to get all of my work done or as much of my work done in the mornings as I can. And then in the afternoon, I have time to sit out on the porch or play with the dog or soon I'll have a baby and run errands and all the things. And I like to have dinner with my husband. If I don't have sessions or a wedding, I want to be present in the evenings and sit down and have dinner with my husband and watch TV or watch one of our shows after dinner. And so I really try to make mornings my time, but you really need to figure out when you're most productive because a lot of people are night owls. Like I can hardly stay up till nine o'clock. So that's (laughs) not me, (laughs) but like some people are most productive in the evening. So really you kind of have to tailor it to yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of where the the time block goes into. While I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I know that my work blocks are every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, nine to one. That's when I'm getting work done. What I'm getting done, it depends on day to day. But And then every evening, I am having dinner with the family. We're doing hockey. We're doing soccer. We're doing all the things for the kids. And um, also, every day from about one to two is my nap time. So <laughs> I also have that blocked in there. Do you think Uh, that having realistic deadlines and giving yourself more time than you actually need helps go into being able to have this balance and have this 15-hour work week? Yes. So when I was editing my galleries and trying to get them in like a one-week turnaround time, which for portrait photographers – you know, that's a realistic, realistic, I don't know if a wedding photographer could actually do that, but for portrait photographers, you theoretically could get your gallery edited in a week. Right. But I was working so hard to get these galleries turned around so fast that I didn't have time for marketing and I didn't have time for writing blogs or doing Pinterest or social media or whatever it is that I was trying to do. I had no time for it because all I was doing was editing and trying to turn it around so fast. So whenever I finally gave myself that grace to do three weeks and really stick I don't, I do not deliver galleries sooner than three weeks. Like I just don't, they can expect that they're going to get their galleries maybe two and a half weeks after their session. Mm -hmm. Three is more likely. And that just, it really, it, for some reason that changed everything and just gave me more time because I wasn't fighting to Mm -hmm. always just have this like really fast turnaround time. And I feel like you evaluate, you know, if you think it's going to take you two weeks Give yourself double that amount of time based on your mm-hmm. contracted time. You can right. deliver earlier than your contracted time, but you should not be going over that. If you're someone who goes over your contracted time, you need to extend that. One thing I I don't love is um, I see on Facebook like, well, my photographer said that you know, and my contract says this is my delivery time, but they said that they're really busy right now, so it's going to be like a couple more weeks. Yeah. If that's you, you need to just extend your time. You shouldn't be going over your contracted delivery time um, because you're busy is not an excuse because you yeah. know that you're going to be busy, and you should just be planning for that. 
Um, but also, yeah, I think it really does help go into creating that balance and being able to step away because there are plenty of days where I'm like, I'll sit in front of my computer and I'll say, well, I know I'm supposed to edit today, but I just don't feel like it. And I know that I'm not going to produce that great of work if I'm mm-hmm. not into it. So I'm going to say, you know what? I have three more weeks until this is due. I'm not worried about it. I will come back tomorrow when I feel motivated to do it because today I just don't feel like doing it. So I'm not going to, and that's okay. And you need to kind of have like deadlines that allow you to do that. And you're not on such a a time crunch. I feel like as creatives, like we can't force ourselves to do something we're just not in the mood for. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of goes into batching your work a little bit. I when I'm in the mood to write a blog post, I'm in the mood to write a blog post and I will write, I can pump out like multiple blog posts all at once. I know you have a different, a slightly different um, workflow than I do, but as a portrait photographer, I really only like blog once or twice a month. Uh Um, So when I sit down to blog, I just like pop them all out at one time. And then for Pinterest, I sit down and I will schedule all my pins for the whole entire month. Social media is the same way. Like I schedule all, all my social posts for at one time because um, when I'm in the mood to do it, I'm just going to do it and get it out of the way. And also there's a fun fact about it takes your brain 20 minutes to refocus after changing a task. So like it takes you, you, if you're going to do something for only 20 minutes, you're probably not going to get into the full groove of something. But after 20 minutes, you start to like really get into this groove. And so if you carve out like 40 minutes to sit down and work on Pinterest or work on editing, whatever it is that you're doing, then you're more likely to be productive than if you were to do something for 15 minutes. Okay, take a break. Okay, do something else for another 15 minutes. Okay, take a break. That's just, it's not a very effective use of your time. And one thing we didn't talk about as much um, was automations. Um, What do automations look like in your business? Do you have like an inquiry template or email templates? I feel like people are scared to use templates because it doesn't feel personal enough and they end up writing every single email from scratch. Is that something you do or is that something you have automated? Oh, I have it automated 100%. And you can add personalization into these automations. So your emails can feel really personal. Use your voice. Like, don't sound like a robot when you're writing them. I actually get a whole lot of compliments about my automated workflow. People are like, well, it's so, so organized. It's so, um, there's so much not value what am I trying to think detail like Mm -hmm. prepping like helping them get ready so they're like it's really it was really helpful and I've never gotten anyone like wow this sounds like I know it's automated you know like no one's snotty like that they're just happy to be getting that email I even automate my booking calendar so like I sit down and every season and I open up my calendar as a portrait photographer this is something I'm able to do but I open up my calendar for the next three months and I say these are the dates here's my calendar book it if you want to book it and people take this take the dates that I have available obviously you can't do that as a wedding photographer you have to take the dates that weddings are coming to you but my, mine is kind of similar, though. Um, my ultimate goal is I don't want to go back and forth. I don't want to ask you mm-hmm. a million questions. I want to send you my first email, which is long for a wedding photographer. It's probably five paragraphs long, so it's fairly long, but it is very personalized. And I have had people say, man, I felt like you were talking to me in that email like it was so personalized, even though it's a template that I send everybody. Um, I worked really hard to make it feel personalized. But I don't want to go back and forth with you. So 
I have that email template. It takes me two seconds to respond to an email inquiry. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh, I have to sit down. It takes me like 20 minutes. I'm like, why is it taking you 20 minutes to respond to an inquiry? You definitely need to start automating things and save yourself time. It takes me like less than one minute to click you know, into my email template and send it over. But it has all the information that they need and my availability and where to book a phone call or what the next steps are. So really automating that inquiry process so you're not having to go back and forth with people a bunch is going to save you a lot of time as well. 100%. Like, okay, I have a bad, a good bad example about how automations kind of has saved me in the past. There was this a couple years ago now, there was one November that I took 80 mini sessions, 80 oh my God. mini sessions, which is a lot. <laughs> I just kept having, I was in a really creative mood. I was feeling really festive. And so I kept having these ideas and people kept booking them. So like, I mean, honestly, that's incredible in and of itself. It just wasn't a good idea because I, during the week of Thanksgiving, I was sitting there at my family's house. I was trying to edit, like, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm going to be doing, but I did make a crap ton of money that, that year. Anyways. But I send about five pre-session emails before every, you know, to get them ready to know so they know where the session is going to be at, how long the session lasts, how to get dressed for the session, what they should, how they need to prepare for it. And so five times 80 emails. (laughs) Let me pull up the math real quick on that one. Five times 80. I'm not very good at math. Um, That's 400 emails. Do you think how long do you think that would have taken me if I wasn't automating 400 emails in that month? Like, exactly. So it would have taken me so much time. Not that you should take 80 sessions in a month. I definitely don't suggest doing that. But with automations, I was able to do it because otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So. so, one thing that you've been working on to help photographer state organized is a planner for photographers. So tell us a little bit more about this. What well, I was noticing that uh, one, a lot of creative people are ADHD. <laughs> a lot of creative people don't know how to manage their time very well. They don't want to feel boxed in to a schedule, but the fact is routines and um, yeah, routines help you be more creative. It frees up more time. I went from trying to run one business and couldn't even do that when I had three kids to now I'm running, effectively running four businesses. And I feel 10 times less stressed than I did before I had these routines and rhythms in place in my life. And I realized that a lot of creative people just don't have the ability to figure out how to put these rhythms and systems in place in their life. And so I sat out trying to help people do that. And I figured out the the best way to help people was to create a planner. And so this planner that I'm creating, it, it one, it, it walks you through how to do a time audit. It walks you through how to create your own time block. It walks you through how to delete outsource batch and automate things. And then it walks you through creating a morning routine. I I've never been so productive in my entire life than once I've gotten this morning routine into place. And it's so much more than wake up, have coffee, and make breakfast, right? Like I've gotten to the point where my morning routine looks like I wake up, I make the kids breakfast, I make coffee, I make their, well, actually I make their lunch the night before. I put all of this stuff that they need in their bags in the morning. I take them to school. I go on my walk. I listen to um, some podcast. I come home. I take a shower. I throw a load of laundry in. I make my bed. And that's when my morning routine ends. And I'm able to do all of this stuff without 
without even thinking about it because I have this morning routine and it happens almost every single morning except for today because it rained. So I didn't take a walk. Okay. But you know, things change and that's okay. So I've never been more productive in my life. I've never felt more at peace and I've also never been busier in a sense. I'm not, I'm, it's productive busy rather than like busy because I'm so frantic with everything. So that's kind of like where this planner came into play. And I'm really excited about it. I, I'm not sure when this episode's going to air, but at the time that we're talking right now, um, it's going to be in my hands next Monday and then it should be on sale within the next two weeks. It's going to, I think the pre-orders start on October 3rd um, as if everything goes according to plan. <laughs> And I'll make sure um, that we link um, the information to your planner in the show notes below so you can go down and find that below as well. And I have a code for your people. Um, They can get 15% off with the code CHARLIE15. So you can give that to everybody. Perfect. And I will put that in the show notes. One thing that I really love is creating a community. So when Brittany and I connected, I was so excited because I feel like there's just so much value in community and education. And some people might ask, like, Charlie, you're a photographer coach as well. Why would you want other coaches or other people like that on your podcast? We all have different strengths and different focuses. And so our values really align, but we teach different things. So there will never just be one coach for every single photographer out there. There's not a one size fits all. You really have to find someone who fits what you need. And I really feel that Brittany has so much value for portrait photographers and wanting to help portrait photographers find balance in their business and their lives. Um, So she has some other resources for you as well. So tell us a little bit about other things that you have for portrait photographers that you offer. I have a podcast as well. It's called Capture the Chaos Podcast, and it's specifically for family and newborn photographers because I feel like there are so many wedding photography podcasts out there, and I just really wanted to bring bring that same kind of aspect for family photographers. So I have the podcast. I obviously have the planner coming out here in a couple of weeks, and then um, – I've been doing this new thing for new for me is a free education chat on Instagram. I've, I don't know if you've seen broadcast channels. I've completely dropped my email list for photographers and I stopped doing my Facebook group just because it was too overwhelming for me to manage. But this broadcast channel on Instagram has been so amazing. I'm able to sit and talk with people every single day and give them, you know, what I deem to be valuable information. And it's been so enjoyable. So that's another thing that I offer as well. And what is your Instagram and website so people can come find you? On Instagram, I am Brittany Renee underscore photo and it's spelled uniquely. So I'll spell it out for you. It's B-R-I-T-T-N-I-E-R-E-N-E-E underscore photo, P-H-O-T-O. And my website is BrittanyRenee.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I felt like you just shared so much great information. And it's really a little bit different than a lot of times I talk more geared towards weddings. So I think this has been really valuable for everybody. Yeah, this is really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Head over to thecreativebusinessplan.com to check out all the resources for photographers, including the business and marketing course, templates, workshops, mentor sessions, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in today. Watch out for new episodes every week.